Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is brought to you by three basketball-loving humans who express their lack of athletic ability through Extreme Summit League fandom. This podcast is hosted by Jordan Decker, Scott Holland, and Madison Van All right, week two, Scott and Jordan and I are back. This episode's coming out at a little bit of a different time. We kind of realized that it didn't make a whole lot of sense to have you guys hear the interviews after the games were played. So we're going to try to interview coaches earlier in the week, push this out on Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and that way you can get your fill of Summit League discussion before the weekend games start on Thursday and roll into Saturday. So that's what we're doing. That's why we're back already. And the first thing we're going to do is recap the Oral Roberts and St. Thomas game um, in Tulsa yesterday afternoon. So, Scott, go ahead and give me your thoughts on that. Really, it just looked like a very workmanlike performance from Oral Roberts where they just kind of leaned on St. Thomas defensively and then really put the game away in the fourth quarter. Five players with at least seven points for ORU. They held, uh, they out-rebounded St. Thomas. I think St. Thomas shot about 20% from the field, 24% for the field, I think. So it was just Oral Roberts just taking care of business at home, holding serve, and looking like the team that we kind of talked about we thought they were starting to develop into over the weekend. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I admire Scott's comments. You know, it was just one of those games. It was my game of the week, um, last episode that I picked. Um, that was just because of the ramifications of where teams would be after the game. But, you know, St. Thomas just had one of those games that just didn't shoot the ball well, 18-62, 4 of 23 from deep. That's, you know, not going to get it done with a surging team uh, like Oral Roberts. So they shot well, uh, shared the ball well, tons of scoring on their end. Um, it was just a good win for them. Yeah, I think um, we're going to hear Missy and County Joe Lippy talk a lot about that in the interview uh, coming up here in a little bit. All right, let's look ahead to what is occurring um, tonight. I guess we're recording this on Tuesday. So we have a Denver and Kansas City game tonight um, in Denver, I believe. Uh, what, are we, what are we looking for? What do we think we might see out of those two teams tonight? You know, I think I look for Kansas City to get rolling again. Uh, they've lost three of the four games they've played in Summit play. Um, but, you know, they've had a great non-conference. I look I look for them to really kind of get things going. It's a big week for Kansas City, as we've talked about a lot. They've got three road games this week, and this is the first one. And whenever you go on a road trip, getting that first one really seems to set the tone for a trip. So I'll, I'm going to look for Casey to really kind of come out, do what they do, and try and get this trip off to a good start. Yeah, and for Denver, uh, it goes through the Uju Voodoo, right? Um, it, it's an at-home game. They've, they've got to – they would need to get back in the win column. And, you know, for them to do that, Uju's got to have that, you know, 17-10 and 10 night or, you know, maybe even more. Um, but Megan Boyd, uh, Jackson, you know, they need to, to pick it up a little bit. And I, I have Kansas City winning this one, but – I really hope Denver can get a win. I really do. It's a really good squad. And obviously coach Woods is amazing. Um, and she's a great interview. Hopefully we'll have her on soon. Um, but she's doing really great things out there and they, um, they, they need a win. Yeah, definitely tough to uh, break down in my head. I wish both teams could win. 
I know they both need it and I want them both to keep improving, but obviously we can only have one winner. Um, Uju, I really need to know if I need a confirmation if Uju Voodoo is cool or if you don't like it, you want us to find something different. Let me know, let me know what you're feeling. All right, listeners, fans, you are in for a treat today. We have two head coaches and a player on for interviews, two, two. We are very blessed, very lucky today. So first you'll hear from, drum roll please, Oral Roberts head coach, Misty Cusson, along with Kenny Joe Lippy, who had a great game yesterday. They were very convincing, a, a big win. And after that, you'll hear from, second drum roll please, Head coach Don Plitz-White of the USD Coyotes out of Vermilion, South Dakota. So two great interviews, two coaches and a player. So make sure that you listen to the end of the podcast because you're in for a treat. Just want to throw a reminder out there to all of our listeners and people that follow us on Twitter. Every Thursday night, the folks from the men's podcast and ourselves and whoever wants to join, we run a Twitter spaces during the Summit League games. So all you have to do is click on the spaces. You should see it at the top of your feed. You can request to be a speaker or you can just listen. We talk about men's Summit League basketball, women's Summit League basketball. Sometimes we talk about other random stuff. So definitely join in and look for that every Thursday if you want to be a part of that. All right, Jordan and I are back. No Scott at the moment, but we're here with Kenny Jo Lippi and Coach Misty Cusson from the Oral Roberts uh, women's basketball team. Uh, first things first, congrats on a very convincing win last night. Um, I know we talked a little bit last week on the podcast about if ORU was going to turn it around and just hit the ground running, and you certainly did that and more. Um, so congrats for that. We just have a couple of questions for you just to kind of get your perspective on the league, and we'll we'll start from there. So Jordan, you can go ahead. Yeah, like Madison said, congrats on a big win. Um, I had St. Thomas and Earl Roberts, your guys' game as my game of the week, and you guys blew it out of the water yesterday. So um, a noon tip off, that was a little interesting. I, I messaged our group chat and I was like, hey, make sure you guys check out the game tonight. And the Madison's like, um, it's today at noon, not tonight. So <laughs> folks were able to, to watch the stream like we were. And, uh, you know, my, my question for you, coach, is uh, four game win streak, um, third place in the league, wins over Omaha, Denver, big one against Kansas city and St. Thomas. And I guess my question is what did you see from your team um, during that win streak that you've seen improved and are looking forward, I guess, to um, your upcoming game against North Dakota? I think we're just finding that our, uh, our identity is becoming a lot more stable. I think we know a lot more about who we are and what works for us and what works for our players right now. Um, you know, we added five new players to the roster this year, and they're all players that are contributing a lot for us. In fact, um, I guess we've at times, you know, three of those five have been in the starting lineup, actually four at different times. And so a, a bit of it has just been uh, we really believe in our forward play. We really believe in our post play this season. And um, I, I can kind of say this, you know, with Kenny being here with me today and as a returner, you know, so part of that has been uh, the perimeter having to learn how to play around them and off of them a little bit and finding the right balance, uh, maybe is the best way that I can say it, uh, between some very capable guards that we've got and making sure we've got room for them to operate in a way that they feel like they're in their wheelhouse and in their groove. And then at the same time, giving room to our forward play as well. So I think that's kind of been our that's been kind of like our offensive balance that we've been looking to find the whole first semester. But 
honestly, for us, I think defensively things have started to click. And I, I think they actually started to click for us um, in the South Dakota state game before Christmas. Uh, we, we are probably the worst team in the league when it comes to offensive starts uh, in the first quarter. We are really, really good at slow starts offensively. And so we don't talk about that anymore. No. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we just focus on what we want to go out and do defensively at the start of the game. But, you know, I, we were extremely happy with what we did probably the last 28 minutes uh, defensively against a very good South Dakota State team. And I think when the girls came back from Christmas, uh, we just built on that. And I think they've, they've had a great consistency in practices. I think it's shown up in games. Um, we've made decisions with game plan scenarios to just go with what we do well and to ride that and to let them continue to draw identity and draw confidence from that. So I would say we, on any given night, you know, we kind of take what the defense gives us offensively, but we kind of know what we want to, what we want to put out there defensively. I think we'll touch on it uh, in a little bit, but yeah, I have you guys as the league leader in free throws made and attempted. So um, definitely a strong suit and, and Kenny Joe kind of, kind of what coach alluded to a little bit, but what, what have you had to adjust in your game plan? I just want your perspective, like how you've had to adjust to those five new players. And then uh, just overall this season, maybe compared to last season. Um, I think in years past that I've played here, we've done a lot of, uh, dribble drive kind of stuff. We've, we've always had forwards, but it was never um, like things were always pretty balanced in the past to where um, like driving was a lot more open. And now we have really great inside play um, that really does a lot of good things for us in games, takes a lot of attention off guard sometimes. And so I think I've just had to learn how to balance, like coach was saying, um, balancing like the drives, the shots that I need to take, but also getting it inside, um, knowing when the right shots are there, whenever we need to pound it inside to get to the free throw line. We've done a very good job of that this year. And so I think that that's just been the biggest adjustment. I've loved playing with every single one of them. Um, everybody's coming with strong voices. They work really hard. And so it hasn't been a, a difficult transition um but it's just figuring out how everything has worked together and I think we're finally starting to do that yeah and it definitely it shows like when we've watched the past few games it's you guys are definitely clicking and um no appreciate the answers Madison yeah so kind of going off what you just uh talked about Kenny Joe yesterday I was watching the game and I noticed that you were driving the lane a lot more and it was not like a petite drive of the lane it was like you better get out of this girl's way. And I was listening, like I was doing other things, I was watching the game and I was listening to the play-by-play -play guy. And there was a couple of times where he's like, oh, Kenny Joe, look, he's driving the lane. It, it doesn't look like she's stopping. And by about the fourth time, he'd be like, Kenny Joe, Lippy, like, you know, taking the ball off the court. And I'm like, she's probably not stopping. And you weren't <laughs> stopping. So I just kind of wanted to, I don't know if it's really a specific question, but I kind of just wanted to bring that up. Um, it's not something that I've really seen you do consistently before like be that aggressive and I think you maybe just alluded to it a little bit in your answer but I kind of just wanted to touch on that and get your perspective on that yeah I I think that in the beginning of the season I had kind of gotten away from that just kind of uh, we were focusing so much on getting it inside and things like that which were great but I kind of took it really literal as to I'm just going to need to stand out here and shoot the ball and so I think that um, the first half of the season, 
I kind of took a big part of my game away from the game. And so just seeing these recent games, I've just um, had a lot of confidence in life poured into me to just go and play my game. And that has always been a big part of my game is driving, getting to the free mm -hmm. throw line. And that is something that I have always done. That's the way that I've always been able to help my team. And so just getting back to that, knowing that that's an important part of what we need for me to do. And so um, I think that I've just finally started doing that again. Well, it's certainly fun to watch. Uh, so okay. for the sake of the fans, <laughs> please keep it up. Um, and then I have uh, just a, a question for a coach. Can you talk a little bit about Katie Scott and the impact that she has had specifically? Um, she was a lot of fun to watch yesterday too. I saw some things out of her that I maybe hadn't, hadn't seen quite yet. Um, and I think she had a season high in rebounds yesterday as well. Um, so she definitely helped you out uh, coming off the glass, but can you just describe her impact a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, Katie, I think Katie is a big reason why we've won four games in a row. You know, I think she's more, um, she's kind of just finding her rhythm and kind of finding the groove within which to operate. And I think that's just been a we, we absolutely saw flashes of it all throughout November and December, but I think to, to Katie's credit, there's, uh, we were just talking about Katie in here in the office before we got on with you guys today is that, you know, the last couple of weeks, even for Katie, probably since coming back after Christmas, uh, practices are just very focused. I feel like she's so much more intentional right now when she's positioning herself to receive the basketball. And when she's catching it, I really like her pace of play. I like her composure. I like that she's, um, she's, she's highly, highly skilled for a post player. Um, Katie played uh, some point guard in high school. I mean, she can handle the ball. She's got great court vision. She sees the floor really well. And I feel like all of a sudden the pace at which she's playing when her back is to the basket uh, is something that really fits her. Uh, she can just as easily find the open shooter as she can kind of turn and make a little finger roll adjustment, you know, and kind of get something for you or go to the free throw line and be effective there. So I think, I think what we're, and we hope we continue it. I think January and February, we have always expected more of a culmination effect to come together uh, just with this team. I think, I think we played um, four games into the season. We knew some stuff about ourselves that we were like, okay, this is something that we got to highlight. This is some stuff that we got to put on the shelf for a little while. I think even in the last probably three games, I think, and you, you kind of alluded to this with Kenny, uh, I think we're starting to see our transition game blossom again. I think uh, back in early December, we were kind of like almost walking the ball up the floor, you know, just trying to kind of get everybody's timing together um, in the half court offensively. And now their comfort level is so much better. Now they're, they're kind of raring to go a little bit. And so, um, and to kind of get back on Kenny, you know, kind of, cause she, she's made the comment earlier to you about taking things literal, you know, she's, she's a, a coach's kid from mom and dad's side. So when you've asked Kenny to do something, she's like to the letter, let me get this taken care of. And so you have to kind of like, look at her and go, okay, not that seriously, you know, with whatever, but, but no, I think Kenny and Katie are both uh, th those are two great representations of people just finding their rhythm right now and kind of uh, those those grooves that are kind of happening individually. I think that's where we're starting to see just better functionality for all five that are on the floor. And uh, a great opportunity coming up over the next couple of weeks yeah. to continue to grow on that with the two road games up in North Dakota and uh, North Dakota State. And then you guys got home games, uh, Omaha and Denver. Um, so opportunities there to keep it going, uh, pedal to the metal, um, but really appreciate the answers you guys. And yeah, like Madison said, 
our favorite segment. Um, I'm not going to plug in a sponsor because we don't have one for this segment yet. So sponsored by no one. This is our summit roulette. So we'll just uh, rapid fire some fun questions for you guys. So my first one's for you, Kenny Joe. Who runs a playlist in the locker room? Uh, Katie. Katie runs it. Yep. What does she bump? I, um, I don't. So this is embarrassing. I only listen to country music or Jesus music. I don't know what kind of music they're playing, but it gets us pumped up. So <laughs> I, I really don't know the names. I don't know. I think we played Drake some maybe. I'm really not sure. But she understood the assignment. Yeah, she definitely did. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you have another one, Jordan, or you want me to go? Uh, I got one more for coach. What's, and I don't, I don't know if you can answer this, but what's one school that you would love to schedule to play? I have no idea, Jordan. Thankfully, <laughs> scheduling is not on my desktop. I don't have to worry about that. So I, I feel like we, I, I feel like we always play a pretty fearless non-conference schedule. Um, so I'm, I, I could make something up for you. Uh, I'd love to play Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii. Me too. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want Hawaii here in Tulsa. I want Hawaii there. So there you go. How's that? Madison, that and I will, I mean, uh, when when that happens, Madison and I will apply for a media pass and then go with you. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Um. All right. I will start with Coach. I'm going to ask the same questions to both of you. So Kenny, Joe, I'm giving you the advantage. You get to thank think. you. Thank you. That's I need cheating. It. it is not cheating. <laughs> you have been at Oral Roberts so long and honestly so long. admirable that you you've had all the time in the world to prepare for this. So it's not cheating. Um. So Coach, who is your favorite player in the Summit League that is not an ORU Golden Eagle? Uh, I have a lot. I have a lot, actually. Um, mm, 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 mm. Goodness. Don't steal mine. Okay. <laughs> I could, I mean, I could literally tell you one off of every team. Um, but I'm just going to leave with Maya Sellen. I love Maya Sellen's game. Good grief. Yeah. So there you go. I know that's like the obvious choice, maybe. My bad. I, Try to I, go I, a little deeper track on you if I can. No, that's okay. It's I'm I'm an SDSU person and I grew up with Maya. So I yeah. I don't mind that answer at all. I just um, I think I I spent I, I think I probably have a uh I'm always thrilled to see Maya play well, um, just because she's had such a road of adversity mm -hmm. as far as injuries are concerned. And that's kind of how my college career ended also. And um and the fact that she's fought back multiple times to still be able to function and play at the level that she does. Um, I'm always impressed with that, not to mention just the skill as a ball player that she's got. So I'll, I'll that's final answer. There we go. Okay. Final answer. Oh, I, I, I bet. All right. Um, and then also for coach, what is your least favorite summit league gym to play in? And on the contrary, what is your favorite? Hmm. I don't know if I have a least um I'm going to go with this this one I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Baxter at Omaha because it's always cold you're sitting just above the ice so it's always chilly uh but um but you plan ahead for that and make sure you have an extra layer on and you kind of roll with it so but no I we we love uh I think you get up into the Dakotas especially um great crowds and great followings at all of the uh, big state schools up there as well so I I just had to like that that's not a really a real answer but I'm going to give you that one 
just like I'm a big baby. So I'm going to start paying attention to uh, Omaha games when they're at home and see if like opposing teams wear more long sleeve, like undershirts. <laughs> they probably do. Another game. <laughs> Never I've never I've never yeah I've never even really thought of like it makes sense but I just it has not crossed my mind um all right Kenny Joe I will start with the, the the Summit League Arena question for you so your your least favorite and your favorite okay so I do have a least favorite but not because of the gym it's just because of how I always play there every year I never have a great game in Denver ever um so that's probably my least favorite I don't have a problem with Denver I just never really played great there and then my favorite gym tied uh south dakota state i love playing there because it reminds me of like a high school love sports atmosphere i love playing there even if everybody in the gym is cheering against us um it's still really fun and north dakota state is like my high school colors so i love anything green and yellow um so i love playing there it's a huge gym i feel like there's lots of room um i love playing there yeah okay and then who is your favorite player in the league that is not your teammate uh, well, so Misty actually did take mine, but very close. I love the way that Chloe Lamb plays. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I, she's just an all-round player. Um, she's just, she's always just so impressive to me. Like she can score the ball from anywhere. She's just so smart. I think that she works really hard. I've always admired the way that she plays basketball. So, yeah. That, this is the second week in a row, um, that someone has said her name yeah. and it's, as an SDSU person, I'm like, dang, I wish it was Maya. But at the same time, like, even as an SDSU fan, I'm like, yeah, I respect yeah. it. Like, I think that respect it. Yes, you do. Yeah. I think we're going to hear her name nearly every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not in, in Dawn's interview simply because she can't pick someone on her own team. Yeah, there you go. But she'll probably be the only person that doesn't say Chloe's name. So awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I was definitely looking forward to this interview. We appreciate your perspective and we're excited to get it out there for the fans so good yeah. luck this week with your um are you going to North Dakota this week or do you play at home we are yeah okay. we are packing the parkas and going north good luck with your excursion they just had a huge thank snowstorm you. so <laughs> I'm sure that'll be so much fun but thank you guys so much for being on we really appreciate it good. thank you guys. thank you so much appreciate thank it you guys. We are always looking for more fan voters, so if you would like to be a voter, vote on the power rankings and vote on players of the week for each class every week. You can direct message the podcast account on Twitter at ReachSummitPodW. All right, next we've got the University of South Dakota's head coach, Don Plitzowite, joining us. Coach, thanks again for hopping on. Yeah, great to be here. Coach P's Coyotes are first place in the Summit League currently at 7-0, riding a 12-game winning streak, one of the best defenses in the nation, top in the Summit League. Uh, Coach, I guess I want to start off with that. Uh, The defense is obviously playing extremely well, um, and you've said it's one of, if not the best defensive team that you've had. But what's impressed you the most about your team in practice that has transferred over into games? Well, coaches talk about, you know, their team's really locked in they're really doing they're really paying attention to the details and yesterday actually in practice you know we're preparing for our games this week we play western illinois western illinois is a team that pushes to score in transition you know as much as any team in the country does so probably and maybe this is an exact number because i haven't watched all their games but i would say at least 30 percent of their offense is generated early offense they push it and that's a lot 
So we watch that. We try to study that. We're doing what we call a conversion defense of drills, our transition defense. And at one point in time, I told Maddie, Carl, I think you could help first and then get back to the shooter. And she says, yeah, you're probably right, coach. But, you know, I saw in film that she gets shots off fast, like really, really fast. And I didn't know if I could get back out there and take the shot away. <laughs> and I thought to myself, kid, you know what? You watch three clips of her. You're exactly right. She gets it off really, really fast. And you know what, Maddie, as a freshman, very well done. We can help them from the backside. So when you, why is this group successful defensively? Because they really want uh, to, one, they have the ability to be, I think we have some good speed and athleticism, but two, they have a very high desire and they're really, really locked in. Three clips, three clips of that kid. She saw it and she said, that kid gets shots off really fast. I can't give up an arc shot to her. And I thought, all right, I'm impressed with you, kid. You, you win, you win that argument. Do you have a scout team member that can shoot the ball that quick for practice? Yeah, maybe not quite that quick, but you know, we we it's actually been really good for for a couple of our young ladies. We have two freshmen that were planning to redshirt. We've been planning to redshirt them. You know, we heaven forbid we have to pull it, but uh, and and they I think are really progressing by being other teams' key kids. Okay, this week you are. You know, this week you're Danny Nichols. Okay, good luck. You know, <laughs> good luck simulating Danny Nichols. And but it's really good for them because they are required to do things that that player does, and then it, it helps them grow their game at the same time. So, I mean, we might not have a scout team member that gets shots off quite that quickly, but we're sure trying to. That's for sure. Um, and I guess my last question: uh, obviously, ex extremely experienced group that you have this year. Um, and they'll be motivated to keep things going, I'm sure. But what philosophies for you personally do you use to make sure that your team will stay motivated for the rest of not only just the conference season, but going into March and, and potentially beyond? Well, we watch a lot of film on our opponents, obviously. We also watch a lot of film on us. And, and I, I think when we look back, and we were a good defensive team last year. And when we look back and we see clips of us defending, you know, our opponents this year. So this is a, the COVID year. There are a lot of really good players who have returned for an extra season of eligibility. And when we see ourselves, whether it's against those players or even younger players in our conference, not doing a good job defensively, I think that motivates our kids because they're like, oh, yeah, we, we, we thought we were good defensively, but now we got a ways, we had a ways to go at that point in time. So I think it's, you know, our players have individual goals for our, our group. Our team has goals. So I think they're very, very motivated. And, and I think we as coaches really try to keep finding ways, you know, to say, okay, look at our progress, look at what we're doing now, but here's an area where, you know, we've got to continue to improve. And for us, that may be with, you know, individual players. Hey, well, let's watch you know, Liv Corngable's movement on offense because it's really good or Chloe's. And then, okay, now we're going to put you, Grace Larkins or Maddie Kroll or Kai Watson into that spot. And now you have to do that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I've never done this before. This is kind of weird. And I'm not really comfortable doing this. And that's okay too, because you've got to continue to grow and stretch yourself. Coach, kind of building off that question, uh, it's safe to say at the Division One level, all of your players were probably the primary option offensively or the best player on their team. When you've got Hannah and you have Liv and you have Chloe, what do you kind of do to kind of get those those players to accept that, hey, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to make an impact if you only get four or five shots a night or, you know, getting two or three rebounds. How do you get them to kind of buy into that, hey, your opportunities may be a little 
a little limited than you're more used to, but you can still make an impact with those. I actually think it's a little bit different than that. I think it's more of encouraging them to, you know, be comfortable doing things outside of their comfort zone. And, and I think that's something that the older kids in our program do an outstanding job of making sure they're encouraging their teammates. So again, yesterday in practice, we were, we had some extra time and we were working on kind of growing some individual players games. So it was kind of like, okay, redo, let's do that again. Okay. Now let's, you play defensively the same way and let's make that kid make this read and make and take this shot. And so then when it happens and the kid makes it, those older kids, the Hannah, Liv and Chloe are the ones who are celebrating because their teammate has done something that's outside of their comfort zone, but they're excited for their teammate because they know that that's it. it there's something to be said about you feel good when your coach gives you a compliment. That's great. You know, to have success, but ultimately peer pressure is the strongest kind of pressure these young ladies face and they feel really good when their teammates get excited for them and then start giving the practice guys a little bit of a hard time because they were on skates on one of the moves and you know we all kind of have a good time in practice with with enjoying that kid having success and I think our older kids really do understand that it's important for them they've got a responsibility to help their teammates grow but they also have an understanding that as their teammates grow we get better and when we get better that helps our, our team and I know they really want to be good and so you know they continue to take that leadership role and and use that our older kids are doing a great job with it coach when you you look around the league what's the next big step for the league obviously we hear about the multi uh, tournament bid summit you guys have been part of that in years past and you're kind of leading the charge again this year is that the next major big goal in your eyes for the league and how does the league go about accomplishing that well I think it's it's a very odd time it's a strange era right now in college athletics and you know we our league is as experienced as as we've ever been but then so again is every most almost every other league out there and so I think it's right now it's a challenge for us. We, we do want to be a multi-bid league. We want to be a, a, a league that is recognized at a very high level. And that comes from, you know, continued development for all of our programs, you know, and, and continuing as we continue to develop individually to continue to challenge ourselves. And, you know, there is no perfect way to schedule, you know, you, you don't really know what you're getting into sometimes in scheduling because you're scheduling years out or from the COVID standpoint, contracts have been delayed you know we got into a tournament that wasn't exactly what we thought the tournament was going to be because that's not how it was when we signed up for it but then it got moved back a year and all of a sudden this is who you have this is who you're playing and so I think ultimately we can all talk about we want the perfect schedule but man that is really hard to figure out what that is and even if you do know what it is that you want to achieve then it's a matter of getting those games on your schedule you know, and that's not always possible either. So you do the best you can from a scheduling standpoint for your program where it's at, and then, you know, learn from the games that you have in front of you. And I think that's kind of what our team is facing on a year by year challenge. And, and certainly the same thing we did this year from a non-conference standpoint. And I think our non-conference games really helped us because we had to learn how to do some things different defensively because of the teams we were playing. And certainly now it helps us because it's helped kind of grow our opportunities and different ways to, to do things, whether it's a ball screen coverage, you know, whether it's, you know, our, our transition defense. So 
whether it's finishing plays, it, it's helped us because we've played something, somebody that's a little bit different and that has, has us more experienced, you know, and then you play against teams in your league and each year, those teams in their, our league are, are trying to continue to grow and they're adding new little uh, wrinkles to their offense to fit their personnel. So it's a very experienced league this year, but I also think there's some really good young kids in the league. And so I think the strength of our conference is something that for the future is going to be, is going to be a really high level again. I think another um, aspect to bring into this is that the, the league has two players on the, um, the watch list for the Becky Hammond award. One of them being Chloe Lamb and one of them being Danny Nichols, who we're going to see face off against each other this week. Um, how and why do you think those players being on the watch list should add to our national notoriety, you know, as a league and, and maybe um, add to the argument for, for the summit to be a two bid league going forward? Well, again, I think those are both very experienced players, but also players that can do more than one thing, you know, and I think and certainly uh, we're a lot more familiar with Chloe Lamb and what she brings, but we also prepare for Danny Nichols and we understand how hard that young lady is to guard and how hard it is to keep her away from the rim and how hard it is to defend her when she's posting up. And, and then she gets to the free throw line all the time too. And oh, she's always seems to be around for offensive rebounds. So we understand how valuable Danny Nichols is, but from our standpoint, we really truly understand Chloe Lamb and, you know, we get to see Chloe and we've got to see her growth. She, she's always been a player who plays with great poise and great confidence. She's had a very, she's, she came in as a very skilled player and has continued to grow her skill over the course of time. But, you know, I think where she's really become an exceptional player for us is that she's someone who can not only be really uh, relied upon heavily on the offensive end of the court, but she's also someone that, that I think starts our defense for us. She's someone who's a great communicator for us. She usually draws an assignment of, you know, you'd like to be able to say, defend the other team's top perimeter player, but in our league, it's like, well, they've got three top perimeter players. They all do something a little bit different. So she draws the assignment of guarding one of those young ladies. What's been really fun for for me as a coach to kind of watch and for our coaching staff has been you know in the years past we would say okay this is who we're gonna assign you to ready and now we kind of watch them in practice so we'll prep for a team for you know maybe a day two days if we're fortunate we have more than that but usually we don't and then I'll go back and I'll watch the film and I'll say okay who did they who did they naturally match themselves up to because that's who we'll assign them to in the game, you know, so we let them be the ones to kind of control that because then it's there, you know, that they're really the most comfortable and they talk about it. They're talking about it on the sideline. <laughs> so Chloe is someone who just brings a level, not only her offensive ability, now her defensive ability, but her, I think her confidence in knowing, Hey, we, we can figure this out on our own. And then we'll tell the coaches kind of what we're going to do. How's that for a game plan? All right, we are going to roll right into summit roulette because we don't want to take too much of your time. So I'm only going to ask one instead of my two, but I think I'm going to go with this one. What is your favorite summit league gym to play in? And on the other hand, okay. what is your favorite, least favorite? Favorite has to be the Sanford Cow Sports Center, of course. Okay, so besides, oh, besides your team. Own. Oh, well, that's not very much fun at all, is it? <laughs> 
Okay, favorite. Everyone's been saying Denver or Omaha. In. They love that road trip. That's true. Who's been saying that? Everyone that we've the talked coaches to so that far. we've had. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's an interesting one. Okay, this one is not one that you're going to expect. But I have to say, I think one of the most fun environments to play in and to coach in certainly has been our rivalry game at South Coast State. You know, it's probably my favorite and my least favorite. So it's an all-in-one question and answer at that point. I was going to say, as an SDSU person, I was like, well, I know what her least favorite is. Like, that's probably obvious, but. Okay. All right. So favorite and least favorite. Okay. I'll that kind of wraps it all up, right? All right, Coach, last one uh, is for me. I've got, um, who's the most engaging during film sessions? Like, who asks the most questions? Like, who are you like, all right, what's your question? Probably Janai Yugovsky. But in more for her, it's it's film, but then it's on the court. But I'll tell you what, for, for someone, she's totally locked in. She completely gets it. The second one I'd have to say is Allison Poplowski. Janai used to be the one that had the most questions. I think Pep is kind of taking that over right now. And boy, Pep asked some questions that I'm thinking, you know, I used to give you a hard time because I used to say this isn't a math equation. Like this is basketball. Okay. It's not X squared plus Y squared equals Z squared. But I'll tell you what, the more I'm around her, I'm starting to think she somehow finds a way to get me to make a math equation too. So I think she's winning in this whole battle. She's like, well, what if they did this? Like, Pep, they don't do that. Well, let's say hypothetically they do. I'm like, well, I guess if they do, then this is what we would do with that kind of situation. So it's been kind of uh, interesting. And both of those young ladies are typical kind of post type of players for us. You know, so when you have post players who are really that locked into all the hypotheticals of what could happen, our kids understand basketball at a very high level. I love that. It's like the why. Well, because. Because why? Why? Um, so <laughs> my favorite one, they don't do that. And she said, but what if they do? Well, okay, fair enough. I guess if they do, this is what we would do then. Oh, I love that. All right, the Coyotes, uh, you guys got Western Illinois this Thursday um, at 7 o'clock down in Vermilion, and then you welcome the Tommies for the first time on Saturday at 1. Uh, look forward to both those matchups. Can't thank you enough for joining us, Coach. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, the three of us are back. And uh, in case you haven't heard, we have some news. And as of next year, the Summit League tournament will be expanding to the full 10 teams. So everyone will get in. We won't have this number nine straggler and number 10 straggler that is unable to compete in the conference tournament. And we have opinions. So let's, let's fire those off. Let's see where we're at. Scott, go ahead, give me your thoughts. Well, I mean, the league is married to it. They're they're going for it. So I guess my thought on whether I like it or not, it doesn't really matter. For me, though, I really hate to treat teams who finished in the bottom third in the league and play uh, treat them the same as we're going to treat teams who played really good basketball for two months. If they're going to do 10 teams, I would really like them to give the one and two a semifinal bye. I mean, I know that's eight days between games for those two teams. And I know everybody else will play two teams, two games coming into that point. But I really think you got to reward those teams who played really good basketball instead of treating them the same as, as teams who just kind of are in, are there because everybody gets to go. I mean, I think it'll be interesting because I think those 7, 10, 8, 9 games will probably be more interesting than a 2, 7 and a 1, 8 game usually are. Although 
in this league. You never know. We've seen that the last four or five years in, in that one eight game on the men's and women's side. But also, you know, we we've mentioned it. I'm sure everybody talked about what happens if St. Thomas wins you know, or the runner up of the, the league tournament goes the regular season champion. If they, if they aren't the runner, if they they don't finish runner, what happens to the regular season league champion? Are they going to have to be satisfied with an NIT bid? I mean, we've talked about the goal of the women's side is to be a two-bid league. Does this add to that? Does this take away from that? Does that make it easier or harder to get to? I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, overall, I mean, everybody's in. That's fine. That's good. But I think you really got to take care of your top teams who have played good basketball all season and really reward them if you are going to do this. Yeah, and I think that having all 10 teams, obviously the decision makers saw benefits to it, whether that's more ticket sales, concessions, et cetera. Um, you know, I guess some of the argument could be uh, it, it doesn't take a lot away from the regular season, but it might take some away if you're going to let everyone in. And that's a fine argument to have in any postseason. But, you know, other tournaments at our level, mid-major wise and bigger, let everyone in. And like, listen, if you're the one or two seed um, or three or four seed, beat the 10 seed, beat the nine seed like you should. And I think, Scott, you bring up a really good point is we got all 10 teams in. Um, now, can they and will they mess around with the format? Because right now you got the the four bottom teams, kind of like the NBA, right? They, they play in um, and then it's normal from there Saturday through Tuesday. But yeah, what I mean, the conversation will definitely be brought up if St. Thomas wins. Hypothetically, let's say they get seventh, right? And they, they make it through that first round and then they beat one of the top two seeds. And, and this is men and or women. Um, I, the discussion will be raised heavily on maybe shifting so that the one and two seeds can still have, you know, the option to play in the semifinals first, let those other teams play Friday, Saturday, and then the top two seeds get double buys. That way, the best teams from the conference are getting a better opportunity to go to the tournament. And that might not sound fair, but I think, I don't know, that's just my opinion on it. I think that the structure, I think it'll be fine the way that it is, but I can definitely see them going more towards your route, Scott, if St. Thomas happens to pull off a quote unquote upset. So I'm gonna take a little bit of a different route. Um, I'm gonna call on the NCAA, which I love to do. Um, so the, the current rule that, that applies to St. Thomas is there's no rule against or about when they can or cannot play in the conference tournament after a, a transition, a jump to, to division one. The rule is um, though, re regarding N the NCAA tournament, that it's a five-year wait after reclassifying. I think it should be less um, because, and selfishly, um, but if it's less, if it's two years, maybe we don't worry about expanding next year when St. Thomas is ineligible for the for the big dance and then the four years after that. Um, if it's a two-year wait or even a three-year wait, maybe they can just not play for those two or three years. And then when they when they do play in the conference tournament, they're eligible and nobody can cry about anything. Because then if you lose to the 10 seed or you know the seven seed or whatever, you lose, you lose. And it's no big deal because they're tournament eligible. But I think that loss hurts a lot more when they're not tournament eligible, especially if you just have a bad game, which we've seen some teams in the league do more than once in Sioux Falls. Um, my team, <laughs> admittedly, um, and that hurts a lot. And that's so I don't I don't want it to come off like 
oh, you're an SDSU fan. Of course you, you know, wish that, that we weren't expanding or whatever. I do like the expansion. I do think that um, everyone should be in the tournament. I do, but I don't think that everyone should be in the tournament if they're not tournament eligible. So maybe the NCAA needs to, needs to check that rule along with a lot of other rules that they should probably check, but that is a whole nother podcast. Um, yeah. So let's move on. Um, let's do a quick preview of the Thursday uh, and Saturday games this week on the women's side. Everybody's favorite on Thursday. Everybody's playing at the same time. Oh yes. We love that. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I am admittedly not prepared. I am pulling up the schedule um, right now. I got it. Okay. It's a nice little I-29 uh, home schedule on Thursday. And the best news so far is, is it's Tuesday at 520 uh, Central as we're taping this and all the games are scheduled to be played. And that's always yes. a good thing because it seems yes. like Tuesday's usually that day when they make those announcements just so it gets out there before teams get on buses to go out of town. So mm-hmm. we were in the clear, nothing automatic yet. But as of taping, I everything looks like it's set to go. And that's good news. Yeah. So we will start off with a little bit of a battered Western Illinois team down at USD. Um, at seven o'clock on Thursday. Also at seven o'clock on Thursday, Oral Roberts up in Grand Forks taking on North Dakota. Also at seven o'clock on Thursday, Kansas City uh, in Fargo taking on North Dakota State. And then also at seven o'clock, St. Thomas uh, at South Dakota State and then Denver uh, at Omaha. So like we said, five games all at the same time. Um, I don't have five screens. I wish I did. I have four. I might be able to pull up four. Three of them are ESPN plus the USD Western North Dakota state, Kansas city and South Dakota state, St. Thomas are all available on ESPN plus. Okay. And Omaha, I'm sure will be on um, the omavs.com on their website. Mm-hmm. They have a free streaming. Uh, I am not sure about the F and Hawks. I'm, There's a video the- link on the summit league website that folks can click. And the, the you guys got to follow the, not you guys you guys already do but the listeners got to follow the the teams if they're interested because they do a good job of posting uh where to follow live stats audio video just really quick links when they tweet it out yeah all right then on saturday um oral roberts and kansas city will flip-flop oral roberts will be at ndsu kansas city at north dakota st thomas at usd and western illinois at sdsu so only four games um I guess I should have said the times. The Oral Roberts, NDSU, Kansas City, North Dakota, and St. Thomas, and South Dakota will be at one o'clock, um, and the Western SDSU game will be at two. So that's that's what we got coming up. Um, any particular, just really quick, any particular games uh, to watch maybe that are different than what you said last week or the same than what you said last week? I mean, for Western... After after tonight, I want to see what Kansas City and Omaha do after a Tuesday going into a short week. Uh, it's a quick turnaround. You you play, you're on a bus, and you play. You don't really get an off day. You you got to travel, so that's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of handle that. Numbers are going to get tested. I mean, there's a lot of teams that this is the first week where they're going to be playing three games in a week for a while. So this is where depth is really going to start to come in as as we get to the middle point of the season. Yeah, and on Thursday, no, I look at teams like Scott, I think, or or you, North Dakota. That was your game of the week, wasn't it, as part Mm -hmm. of that block? 
Um, but other than that, you know, Western, like Madison said, just kind of in a, a slump right now. But if they can come out and compete, make progress, you know, it, it, I think that's good for JD's squad. And same thing with St. Thomas. You know, that's a tough loss on a Monday. And then you got to come up to Brookings and play uh, now rolling SDSU team. Uh, so I just no moral victories right but I think if those two teams can kind of show like yeah we're in a little bit of a slump or yeah you know Monday didn't go quite well but we got better today and like Scott said you're going to be having two three games a week now through the end of the season maybe more if you have COVID issues but uh, I would say those ones on Thursday yeah um I particularly it's really everyone. I'm probably going to cop out and say that every week that like, oh, there's so many games that I'm interested in, but it's really true. It's that, that three through eight in the league is just an absolute dogfight right now. And I think it will be for a long time. So I know we talked about earlier today, Jordan, we don't really see Oral Roberts slowing down. I think that's, I think that's accurate. I guess we'll find out, but I think they finally found their groove and are starting to be a little more aggressive. So we'll see what they do um, in the, in the tundra up North this week on the road so <laughs> all right no followers of the week this week no hot takes no smart ass comments um we're just we're just using this episode to get back on track and we will return all of those fun and silly segments next week um but thank you guys for listening and tune into games this weekend drop in the comments let us know what you think if you'd like to be a voter we need more we need more voters um it takes seconds uh, we compile the data we send out our nominees for player of the week for each class and all you got to do is just vote which one that you want um, and then the power rankings are the same thing we send you a link just look at the standings and you can match the standings you can feel that no number five is better than number three number six is better than number one whatever just send us the rank it takes two seconds just message us on twitter at reach summit pod w it's super simple. If you're looking for a way to force yourself to watch more games, this will do it for you. It did it for me. I am so much more involved than I used to be. So super simple does not take a lot of time. And once we get a bunch of sponsors, right, we'll, uh, we'll make shirts that'll be like Under Armour branded that'll, uh, or something branded that'll have our logo. And then the back, it'll just say voter in the, you're making promises now. (laughs) Scott, any parting thoughts? midpoint of the season you know this is everybody will have i think after this week just about everyone will have played everyone else at least once as you kind of get a better feel for the league this is when teams really want to kind of start turning things around and and kind of moving towards uh moving towards march because this is this is kind of crunch time when you get to that middle point of the season on that note sorry madison really quick on that note that brings up a good point um i would say probably early next week we'll release our midway point First, second teams, player of the year, defense player of the year, coach of the year, all that good stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, be on the lookout for be on the lookout for lots of cool opportunities coming up. So be a voter, pay attention, watch games, drop in the comments if you need anything, want us to talk about anything, who you want on the show. We're always looking for more, more ideas to expand out from coaches and players. So anything you think of, just drop us a line. We will see you next week.